0: hello what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of the fn story before we get started make sure to go check out comp awards fn we're gearing up for the end of the year competitive awards for fortnite make sure to go check those out and let's dive right into it we have a awesome guest today Church. what's going on man
1: how you doing man it's good uh, to be here
0: hey i'm doing well it's been a good day my baby got the best night of sleep that she's gotten so far and I'm sure my wife heard me say that, and is like, "You don't get up with the baby anyway, so why does it matter?" Now, uh
1: yes, <laughs> she's really going after you, huh? Uh,
0: no, 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 no. She, she's awesome. She's great. Um, yeah. but you know, gotta got keep it fair. I, I don't right. help out at night. I help out during the day. Anyway, of course. Uh, what you been up to? I see you've been posting some content in your Discord, some YouTube videos. What's going on?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, uh, I kind of, I think I got started to get recognized in the community for working with, uh, you know, grand finals, level players, and eventually kind of worked my way into working with tier one pros. Um, But recently, you know, with just the way that it's been after Copenhagen and everything, I decided that I wanted to get more into content as well. You know, we talk all the time about players and making, you know, the players making content. Um, but I think it's equally as important for other members of the community to be making content as well. Cause I think it's more like it gives you more longevity in the space, you know? Yeah. Um, there's no telling like how long the prize pools are going to continue to be what they are. And if you want to really like be in gaming long term, I definitely think content is kind of the way to go.
0: Yeah. 100%. I, you can only be good at the game for so long, like regardless of if that's 10, 15 years, maybe you bag out and you're done by that time. But ultimately, like to create a career in this space, people have to know who you are. So that content being forward facing is the biggest part. And we've seen a ton of players do that. It's awesome to see you doing it. Um, what as far as like, why did you start getting into coaching? And for anybody listening, T-Church is a coach. Uh, So that's his perspective on this now also creating coaching content. But why did you get started doing all this?
1: Yeah, so that's actually something I haven't gotten to talk about a lot Um, and that I love talking about because when I first started out, I was, you know, playing the game. Um, I had been scrimming a lot, playing a lot, like developing my skills as an IGL. And I got to a point where I was, you know, in some higher level discord, you know, like scrim servers and um I was streaming one day. I was streaming the scrims one day and I got absolutely obliterated off spawn by a couple of players. Um, and they came into my chat and, you know, they were they were chirping a little bit. And so I, was, I just started having a conversation with them, you know, and they're like, you know, I, throughout that conversation, like, hey, you're like really smart. Do you think you could help us VOD review? And then that turned into I went from VOD reviewing with them uh, to actually live coaching them and kind of worked my way up. And then like, so it was just something that kind of happened, you know, people were like, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, you're pretty good at this. And I was like, I see this as an opportunity for me to kind of like help give my knowledge to other people within the community. And, you know, that was that was something that obviously felt good, right? Because it always feels good, like helping people. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like how it started out. And then one thing led to another, I think I went to DreamHack. It was the first DreamHack after COVID. So DreamHack Dallas, Okay. Back in like, 21 or 22 i don't remember i think which, that would have been i think 22. it was 21 yeah yeah maybe yeah it would have been 22 it would have been 22. yeah because yeah, they
0: didn't release their like COVID restrictions until 22.
1: right so i went there uh that was i knew like quite a few like good players in the community at that point and then when i was at that dream hack was when i actually met ritual and who <clears throat> I think every like everyone knows who Ritual is now because he played yeah. with Heat last season, and um, I, that was when I met Ritual. I started working with him and TK, and then one thing led to another. I started I was posting a lot on Twitter as well. Like I think content too, like how active I am on Twitter and other social medias, like definitely contributed to me being able to get in front of a lot of good players. You know, I think that was like the big reason, like because. If I hadn't been as active, and honestly, if I hadn't chirped the way that I do sometimes on social media, um, I don't think I would have gotten in front of those players. So it's definitely gotten me into some trouble at times, um, but I don't. I think that's just part of who I am. Like, it it got me in front of those players. It got me those opportunities. So like, I, I'm i pretty thankful for that, but yeah. Um, so I got in front of Trippern, I was able to help Trippern out with uh, some general prep and VOD reviewing, like heading into Invitational. And then one thing led to another, and obviously, I continued from there.
0: Cool, cool. I, that reminds me, I need to reach out to Tripper. You told me to reach out to him after uh, Globals to come on yeah. here. So thank you for that reminder. Accidentally,
1: no, <laughs> Tripper. I, well, I, you know, I, Tri, As far as like his personality and everything goes, I know we, we you know, we had, we have our, uh, we've had our personality clashes. I think, but I, I Tripper is, I will. He's a good kid. Like he's got a he's got a good mindset, uh, he works hard, and he honestly has a very personal personality. He'd be a great like guest for you to have on the show. Yeah, it reminds, me
0: of, it reminds me of he Reminds me of N Pen. He's like the EU N Pen. Loves to like troll people and have fun yeah. and mess around on yeah. Twitter and stuff. So yeah, I'll reach out to him and see how that goes. But you also mentioned you know you like the chirp, and I, I do want to bring up this whole. Because there's this fine line of coaches are allowed to take credit for their players' success up to a certain point. And then it's like everyone attacks the coach for then taking credit for the success. And from like my perspective, I'll give you my perspective before I let you kind of share how you feel about this, but you kind of have to claim the success at certain points and Now that is going to obviously not reflect everything that's gone behind the scenes. And that's ultimately all the work. And some coaches like, oh, I let my players' placements speak for my success. But ultimately, if they place well, and rarely, if ever, do players, even players give credit to great coaches and coaches that have helped them for years. But, like, you know, you've helped somebody for months now maybe they tweet your name out once and like, that's how you create business for yourself and get clients. Is that recognition for that? So I think it's necessary, but the fine line for me is like, I just, I don't know when it goes too far, but I feel like when, when you read something, you kind of know. And then it's like, okay, you're basically saying you played for these people and that's absolutely not what happened. But i can respect all the the work and time that went into this because you don't get as much recognition as the players and that's how this works it's kind of what you have to deal with but you know what's your whole perspective on coaches and taking credit for the success of players
1: yeah so i mean what well, was a, it was a lesson that i think i kind of ha- had to learn um I think, well, and kind of what frustrated me at times was that I felt like there was a lot of work, a lot of guiding, a lot of leading that I was doing for my players that wasn't being recognized. And that was where I got frustrated, too. And that's where, like, I would say certain things on social media. But I think if you look back, I, I think that the, it's, a, it's something that happens in tandem, right? So, like, you're a team. Mm-hmm. So like coaches should be recognizing the players and the hard work that they're putting in. And then in return, I think that the players should be doing their best to understand that, Hey, like if you want someone to be there full time and to be helping you out as much as they possibly can, like they need number one, a stable income. Like they need the ability to support themselves. And number two, they need, they need your support, you know, and whether that be through social media, helping them generate a following or helping them bring in a uh, new business, like we need that because this is, at the end of the day, for somebody like BloodX, for somebody like and you know, for myself, and that's a big reason, too, why I'm getting into content is because, like, the income hasn't been as stable, right? And I see a more stable path for myself forward with content. You need that income, right? Because, like, we're just as passionate about the game as the players are. We're just as passionate about their improvement. So, like, you know, it's kind of a, a little bit of a give and take. You know what I'm saying? And so... Yeah. I know for me especially early on in my career um that was something that I was pushing for and something I felt like I wasn't getting a whole lot and so I and I, maybe I pushed too far at times you know I definitely think that there was a knock against me of like I'm taking too much credit for my players um which know i think it it kind of feels good to talk about that and be able to say like hey this is why i was doing that you know and if you look back at a lot of my tweets like the ones that get remembered are the ones where like i was saying how good i felt i was at my job and not the ones where i'm actually giving credit to the players because if you go and look at a lot of the tweets like that i did that like throughout my career i actually actually did this for myself recently i like went back and i was going through my twitter and i was like looking at old tweets that i put out and i was like you know, like, because I do reflect a lot, you know, I'm somebody that I want to continue to improve and get better at in, in all aspects of life. You know, I, I don't like doing wrong by people. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I've looked at those things and I was like, you know, I did, I, I especially after Hammer season, right? I think that was one of the tweets that got a lot of traction, a lot of attention, and that made people kind of look at, you know, kind of side-eye me and be like, okay, like, <laughs> what is this guy's problem? Um Was I, I, if you go and look at the actual placement tweet, I talk about how hard Bryce worked that season because he did. And I talked about how good of a player Chubbs was because I knew, going into that season, how good that duo was going to be. And I don't think anyone else did. So I think I did that stuff, but I think what gets remembered is the stuff that gets the most views, right? Because me chirping and talking shit, obviously it gets, it gets people riled up. It gets the emotions hot. and, And I have more people replying to those tweets than I do the ones where I'm, you know, being more humble and being, you know, giving credit to the players.
0: Well, and on the internet, people just love to bury people. Like, it, it people yeah. play the game of, like, oh, it's fun to just, like, fuck with this guy. And oh, even if people don't necessarily agree, if people are piling on to you, it's like, oh, this is easy. Like, let me just help pile on to the guy. But it's cool to see well, the, the growth. It
1: feels shitty. Oh, yeah. It feels shitty when you're the one getting piled on. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it takes a very, like, and that was something that I had to build throughout my career. And that's why I think I'm more ready to get into content because... Uh, I'm able to better handle that criticism now, I think, um, mm-hmm. because I'm going to say stuff wrong. Like that's the nature of, of getting into content. Like I'm going to, like, I'm a human being, like I'm not perfect. I have a lot of shit that I do wrong on a daily basis. <laughs> um, and so I know that going forward, I'm probably going to get shit wrong and people are probably going to hate on me at some point. And it's just like, okay, well, how am I going to deal with that? How I'm going to handle it? And Yeah.
0: Yeah. The best, like, the way I, I deal with it, granted, I don't get a ton of hate, but, like, I have at times, especially when you, like, stand up for something you believe in, and it's like, wagers are bad, and then every wager kid's like, you hate Fortnite, you're killing the game, it's like, okay, relax, chief. Um,
1: it's like, but, no, I just don't want to promote a gambling addiction.
0: Yeah, well, and also, it's... <laughs> you guys are all like 14, 15 year old kids. I'm almost 30 now. I have my own child. Like, I don't really care what children say anymore. And it's gotten to the point where I respect the pros. I respect what they do, but I like being one step removed from everything. Granted in your position, you're like, you're in the trenches. So it's very different. Um, And I would love to like, how do you handle that? Right, Because I've dealt with players in the past, and that was something that I've actively tried to stop doing. And the thing that that brings this to mind is, I don't know if you saw 50's tweet yesterday, and he essentially said, Dude, I tried for a year to make this work, to work with players, but players have been unprofessional. They don't want to invest in the... Content in building a brand in everything surrounding this, like I want to. So now I'm going off and doing this myself. And
1: I have the same issues as 50 as a coach, to be honest with you. That makes sense. And I think that's part of the reason why you look at somebody like Blood X. I think that's part of the reason why he's so good and recognized as like a top coach or the top coach is because he doesn't give a fuck. Like he's going to sit there and fight and argue with the players and be like, get your fucking ass on the game. Um, otherwise I don't want to deal with you. And I think that's something that he does, you know, I, I, I've I studied a lot of these, because like I said, I mean, I'm somebody that is very focused on self-improvement. I talk about it all the time on Twitter, whether it be about like psychology, just general improvement, um, you know, mechanics and aim, which gets a ton of, it, it's funny how much like ridicule that gets players saying that it's pointless. And it's like, think about it logically for a second, like stop making an emotional argument. Like just because you don't want to do it or you don't believe in it, that doesn't mean that it's useless. Um, or it wasn't a part of like your... The way that you came up right and like mm-hmm. i understand their side of the argument but it's also like you're not gonna make me not believe in it um but no i mean i think that's part of like being and i think that's another reason why i'm moving into content is because like i'm dude i'm getting too old it is exhausting <laughs> having to sit here yeah you know, i'm like i'm 26 now man i'm gonna be 27 next year and when i shave the beard i don't necessarily look it but you know, i'm getting i'm getting up there in age and I don't, I just don't want to sit here and argue with kids on the internet anymore, dude. Like, I don't know. Um, you know, but that's, I have, again, it's not nothing against any other coaches. Like every coach has their own own style and I respect the work that these guys do. Obviously, um, I still believe in coaching. I still believe that it's valuable and I still believe that it has its place, uh, within esports, just like traditional sports or any other sport. Um, but it's just not for, not as much for me anymore. You know, I like to work with people that are, you know, a lot of what you find is a lot of the players that they either haven't made earnings or, you know, they're just starting out in a competitive, like they are much more motivated and much more kind of like on fire to to improve and to get better. Um, and so those are the people that I'm kind of turning my focus to now, both with content creation and like coaching behind the scenes. Um, and I also find that, it's actually a bit less time intensive so i have the ability to still play the game which makes me which is what makes me passionate right like having that connection to the game being able to play it myself being able to have like a player's perspective number one makes me a better coach but then number two it keeps my passion alive because if I'm at, at my core i'm a competitor you know i think you've been around you've i think you've actually known me or at least heard of me since like Boomercord, and i know you've been active in leaks so some of those like old man discords um, where yeah. I kind of like got my start. And um I've kind of I think you know, like on social media, I've kind of always been that way a little <laughs> bit, you know. I I have like arguing with people is something that I have done, but I'm you know I'm getting older now and just kind of tired of it. Um but that's something that like I wanna be able to do. I still want to be able to compete, like that is who I am at my core as a competitor i i enjoy having that outlet of hey i can go out here and try to prove myself
0: well I, I think that drives important because if you want to improve then it also helps you focus on helping others improve because then you're like not only ideating the steps but you're also doing them in theory yep. to then put them in practice be like yo guys i i did this thing you can now go replicate this and help me. Might not help everyone, but I am proof that like at least this one thing helped me improve. I do want to go back though to like the whole relationship management piece of coaching. Because I I am one that has always been a fan of coaches, always thought they were super relevant. It's a huge piece to successful duos. And I want to say last year was like the first year we really saw coaches come on and be like prominent this year. It's been super in your face of the teams that work with coaches seem to succeed so much better than the teams without them. And there's a few special ones that can get away without it. But for the majority of top teams, now everyone seems to be working with a coach and like, what, what is that part of relationship management? Like, how do you make players play together well and like understand each other as well as like implement your own piece into the relationship between a duo i guess
1: yeah so well i'll start with like relationship management as a coach because i think one of the most important pieces as a coach is to understand your players and to understand what motivates them i think that's something that got me into I think that caused a little bit of friction between me and Chubbs throughout the time that I worked with Bryson Chubbs was that I think we you know I think we both wanted wanted the, the recognition and I was getting a little bit, you know, because of the way that I am in my personality, I think I was getting right. a little bit more of it than he was at the beginning. And I you know from the perspective of managing my relationship with Bryson Chubbs, that was probably the single biggest thing that I regret. Like as because I didn't have a good grasp or good under, I was basically blinded by my own ego to seeing that hey, I might need to take a step back here and and you know promote these guys more than I'm promoting myself. Um, and so the way I kind of I I kind of view that is is just to understand you know you obviously have to spend time with the players you know so that they and you have to engulf in engulf yourself in the culture so that you know you're kind of one of them and that they trust you. You know, Um, and then from there, it just becomes about, okay, like, what, you know, what is going to motivate this kid to do what I'm asking him to do? And then you kind of have to pull the strings a little bit, you know? Um, And then as far as, like, looking, you know, there was, that was kind of what I was looking at when I matched up, like, your the first part of your question is what I was looking at when I matched up in Ritual, right? Because I knew with Ritual that he really... Ex- he wanted to be a really good fighter like he wanted to be that kind of top tier overall player um where he knew like he was a good fighter but he's also a good igl and he excelled in terms of his game knowledge um which i think he's he's getting a lot better at especially since like i first met him um but he also always played well with like controller players and he always he had a very kind of like chill laid back type of personality he wasn't he's not very outspoken um and reed's kind of the same way so i figured they would probably mesh well together and i think the the thing that i encouraged in my time working with them the thing that i encouraged ritual to do the most was actually to put reed on a leash and actually to speak up more um because i think that's a valuable piece of being an igl is to be able to speak and use your voice and not feel bad about being a dickhead at times because if we're talking about competing and succeeding and winning, you know, like Cooper and Miro just won $500,000 a piece, uh, you know, we're talking about big time money that can, if you if you utilize it right, can set you off onto a career path where you don't have to work a standard nine to five. And honestly, if you do it right, you could be retired by the time you're 35 or 40 um, or even younger. You know, we look at Tifu is pretty much taking his money and he's, going out and he's enjoying life which is another thing that has been kind of blowing up on in fortnite twitter recently yeah. but yeah i mean those are the things that i kind of look at is just okay like how you know what 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 motivates these guys where are the how how can they better fit into their role um and what are the portions of their personality that need to shift in order for them to succeed those were the kind of the things that i always looked at um, with Bryce, when I was working with Bryce and Chubbs, those things were always kind of there. Um, I think Bryce understood the value that Chubbs brought to the team, you know, because there is a, a lot of value in having that super dynamic fighter that can extend your game and can win, the, you know, he can win the 2v1s, he can solo clutch and, you know, now, y- you know, you as the IGL have, you know, something unfortunate happens, right? Because it's Fortnite and you as the IGL, you've gone down in 25th place. You're like down right at half and half. And then all of a sudden you have your duo clutching out, you know, a fourth or a third or a second, right? And now you've gone from basically a zero point game to a 50, 60 point game, plus whatever kills he's gotten. So Bryce always understood the value that that Chubb's brought to the duo. Um, I think the biggest issue with them that I never really got to work on work with them on was just teamwork right because those it's it's very it can be very difficult at times to work with those dynamic fighters
0: yeah and so i want to go back to them but i never thought rich old reed would work like straight up i saw the duo come together i'm like this team is not gonna be good they won right off the bat i'm like all right cool Broke They keyed, record they keyed in the cash cup that's awesome. That's where I see that going. They both are just going to play too aggressively. They're going to make mistakes. But that's really cool to hear of, like, Ritual wanted to take that next step of, like, being more than just a good fighter and becoming more of an IGL that could work with a duo. And ultimately, I mean, the, the results speak for themselves. Like, them getting, what, ninth at Globals is insane. Like, to so be a top 10 team in the world from a team that, like, I, myself, who I think I I know a lot about Fortnite, didn't think would even work. Like, I did not think that duo would be together by the end of that season. And then they come together, and they played really well. And not only, like, in that one tournament in Globals, but, like, throughout the season, they've been very consistent. And I have not seen Reet be able to reel it in like I have watching them over the past couple of months. So, like... Shout out to Ritual, shout out to you for whatever you've done working with those two. It's been impressive because Reed has always been a phenomenal player, but I see him as similar to someone like Day, whereas like they can't help themselves. But like
1: I cracked this guy. He's so talented. He's so talented, right? Like he's so good at doing what he does that it's kind of like even I as a coach, I was like, how do I convince this kid to not do that? (laughs) because <laughs> it's wrong I know it's wrong right yeah. because like I'm you know I'm the coach I'm thinking in terms of like what is perfect Fortnite and what does game theory say about this decision whereas he's just like oh I can go and do that like why would I not do that and I'm like fuck like you're right <laughs> like that kid's but, like, cracked I'm it. gonna kill him it's a free <laughs> right. refresh let me go right. get that But like day
0: was the same way of like, he couldn't help himself, but that's also what makes players special like that. And I'm going to do a football analogy, right? So, They are like uh, Josh Allen and Carson Wentz. Every play is like a hero play. They feel like they have to make every play a touchdown. And no matter what they do, they're going to try their freaking hardest and not just take like a quick check down, run out of bounds for like two yards. They're going to try and score a touchdown on every play. And that's how I see those two play is like I need to try and score the touchdown. I don't work sometimes. Like sometimes it is absolutely brilliant. You see them just run through a lobby. It's like, oh, my God, you are the best player in the world. But when you're playing against the best players in the world, you can only knock on so many doors before the door gets kicked back towards you and you're sent back to the lobby. So it's like you need that to be special like Re and Day was at a certain point. But if you can't reel it in and understand like I don't always need to do this, you're always going to be a middle of the pack team that occasionally gets a good placement versus like a consistent team. So Like, how did that dynamic work? Like, how long did you work with those two, first of all? And then, like, what transformation did you really see between those two within that time?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I was with them from the start of, what was it, the Rift season? So, the start of season three, basically all the way up until until Grand started. And um, we had some, you know, I know... Rachel and I had some issues behind the scenes that I probably don't want to discuss on here, but, um, in that time, you know, I obviously, so it started a lot of my stuff starts with dream hack, right? Like meeting the players, interacting with them, developing relationships with them, networking with them. Um, I think a lot of people in this scene, they underestimate the value and the power of networking because that was, again, like if you go all the way back to the start of my story, that's really how I got started was, was networking and just saying like, coach you know and i can teach you stuff you know and then getting in front of the players and teaching them stuff and being like wow like he's actually you know he's smart he's this he's that whatever um but yeah so reet needed me to find him a duo i was like i have just the kid in mind you know ritual was the first person that popped in my head i was like because i had worked with him before right because i worked with him when he would play with tk and i was like you know i think that this kid really would be um i think that this would work you know what I mean? And then I got right. them together. I got Ritual like to, to play scrims with Reet. And I was there in the call that day and they were they were going after it. And you know, we all three like kind of sat there and started talking about. It. I was like, look, I like the dynamic that you guys have, you know. Reet was like, I like the dynamic. Ritual obviously was like ecstatic to be there. <laughs> um and yeah, so that was like so, but that was like I said, I kind of said it earlier in the conversation. I mean, the big thing so like I kinda helped them especially a lot at the beginning of the season, kind of working on uh, learning the meta, developing, like, strategies for, you know, grabbing the cash, taking the island, you know, winner, and then obviously, like, general surge strategies, which develop, you know, you get a you get a strategy or like blood X calls it a script. You get that kind of set in place for each individual zone, like at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the season. And then like, as things change and shift, like throughout the season, like you have to make adjustment adjustments, right? Like just in normal sports, like you have, you know, uh, if, if you do like football, right, like you're going to have like a strategy for each team and then like from quarter to quarter, like that strategy is going to change based on the, you know, the adjustments that the other team is making or, you know, issues that you see that maybe you didn't see when you were initially designing the script. Right. So um, that kind of c- continued to develop, like over the course of the season, um, I would kind of touch base with them, like on, you know, every couple of days. Hey, how are we doing, guys? You know, are how comfortable are we like? you know, what are the, and then obviously like with the VOD review sessions and stuff like that, I would take care of that. Um, I'm looking over their games after every single tournament, trying to figure out, okay, like what are our mistakes both on a micro and a macro level? Where can we continue to improve? And then also taking a look at, um, like, again, like I talked about with the personality, like where, what are the the attributes that need to develop in each individual player? And like, again, like, reed was reed is reed right so like me convinced biggest thing that i need to convince reed of is hey you don't always need to go for the hero play and then with ritual it was hey make sure you let bring it to his awareness let him because a lot of times you know these guys are young um a lot of times like i don't think they have the awareness when they're doing certain things right like they don't they may not know that like three steps down the line like why that decision may end up actually like screwing them over right you know what I'm saying so and as the IGL like I'm kind of trusting you to be able to look long term and see that right but like it's kind of on my on me a little bit too as a coach to be able to continually harp on you to understand that hey like that's that's your job that's what you need to be doing you need to be thinking two or three steps ahead at all times and you also have to take responsibility for the dumb shit that your teammate does, because <laughs> at the end of the day, you didn't tell him not to do it. You just went along with it and you're the leader, man. So
0: yeah, and you have to reinforce those good things when they happen. So that way it continues and make sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the, the young people, too, they're not even fully confident in themselves. So like it's very hard for them to be confident in like their decision against somebody. I remember myself at like 16 years old. I didn't know who I was. I was trying to figure it out and I was influenced by all the people I was friends with in high school. And that was kind of that. And I can't imagine playing for like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars with other people and then having to be like confident in the decisions that I make. So it is very difficult, and I can't imagine that, but it's, it was awesome to see that team succeed as much as they did and did not expect it, like I said, but I love those, those, those surprises because every season, every year, there's those players that make a jump that you never thought was going to happen. Um, And that leads me back to Bryce and Chubbs, which is arguably one of the best duos in North America over the course of the year, which is insane because not many people even know that they have played as well as they did. Then when they finish sixth in Globals, it's like, oh, who who are these guys? It's like they've had single digit placements every single season, pretty much. Um, So you worked with them up until this last
1: season, right? Yeah, basically up until uh, Copenhagen. And you can see I'm getting a little emotional over that one because, like, those are my guys, you know what I mean? And even if they don't want to work with me as much anymore, um, you know, the things that we accomplished together were really special, and I'm proud of those guys.
0: It's awesome to hear. They have, like surprisingly to me, they've played really clean Fortnite, which you don't expect from new players. Typically, they come on and they're just like a fragger. I mean, the perfect example of it is Kanata, right? Kanata came on Mechanical Demon, then kind of starts to understand more how the game's played. You can't just W-key everyone. You can't just be more mechanical than everybody, and then you learn how to IGL, and then you become like a great overall player. But like those two, surprisingly, have been at least this entire year really good from the start um just like talk to me about how they've accomplished what they did and what you saw from them in the in the time that you worked with them
1: so i know with bryce in particular um he's always been high ping so he's always had to rely on his brain like he's always had to rely on you know figuring out ways to outplay opponents and you know that kid I, I I, have a connection with Bryce because that same kind of desire to, like, you know, prove yourself. Um, we actually talked a little bit, and I don't want to reveal too much about his personal situation, but I can just talk about kind of, like, my side of things was, like, you know, a, a big thing for me was, like, proving to my parents that I didn't need to work a traditional job, right? And, like, I've always been a bit of a rebel. I've always kind of gone against the grain, and I've always been the type of person to say, like, fuck you. Like, I'm going to do things my own way. Um, and the Bryce has a lot of that in him. A lot of that in him. <laughs> and so, you know, he he and I connected a bit over that, um, you know, in, in some conversations that we had behind the scenes. Um, but just seeing, like, how that propelled him forward and the work that he would put in. And I... Look, just like how I'm saying, like, I, there comes a point where, like, when you're young, like, you can allow that to motivate you and propel you forward. But as you get older, like, it's exhausting. I'm not going to lie. And, like, I will say, like, I've gotten to a point, even when I was coaching, like, it is starting to get exhausting. And so, like, I want to, you know, now I'm kind of focused on figuring out how to conserve my time because I want to have a life. Eventually. Wait, what do you mean is um,
0: exhausting?
1: So when you, well, because of the amount of work that you put in, you know, gotcha. like Bryce was like morning to night, like he would get up, get on his computer and just start working, you know, and he he just didn't stop like that. Like he he I, I there was never a time where I was around Bryce where it wasn't something that was like for like he wasn't VOD viewing. Playing, uh, playing wagers, um, scrimming, like, and so for me, it was like, okay, I just know I have to go hop in a call in this Discord server, and he's going to be working, and I can just talk to him, and we can do some work together, and, you know, there was definitely some times where I wanted him to see the value that I was providing, but it was like, I can't make him see that, you know, it's like, when I'm there, and I'm trying to drill you and tell you things, like, that's part of, like, the coaching process, and I think... I'm kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent here because I I do want to address how coaching is viewed in the community and that it's strictly about teaching and it isn't always about teaching, right? Like you can know all the concepts and lack the awareness to understand when you're applying a concept. So like, that's also where coaches help out is saying like, Hey, you know, it's you're the extra set of eyes and you're saying, Hey, like, that's part of drilling is saying, hey, like you need to focus on this because you're not doing that and it's going to impact you negatively later on. Um, But like I said, every time I was in a disc, every time I was, every time I sl- went to go check in on him, he was working. And so, you know, working with somebody like that makes, obviously it makes my job incredibly easy because I know that I don't have to sit there and fight with him about getting on the game and working, yeah. you know? Um, because it's like, Hey, like, you know what you want to work? I want to work. Like, let's get after it. Um, and yeah. So, the, I mean, that was, I think that was probably like the biggest thing with him was just how hard he worked and and Chubbs was kind of the same way. Um, but Chubbs focused obviously like on different things. Like he was always playing ranked. Um, you know, he was always playing creative with his friends, you know, doing that kind of stuff. So, there's different sources of motivation for the both of them, but they're both working incredibly hard.
0: Yeah, classic IGL fragger, you know, between right. the two where one is always trying to like watch and learn the game, and the other one's like, nah, I just gotta crank and shit on kids as much as I can.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and and I kinda tried to get both of them away from that and to because they were doing things separately and I was trying to be like, look, guys, like if we can come and that was my biggest thing, like going into season season three of last chapter was okay. I've made my mistakes as a coach. You know, I may not have been the best leader at times, but it's time for us to come together now as a team. And, and like you guys get to save time, right? Because now we're doing things together and we can start to schedule this out to where, Hey, like we're spending a certain amount of time per day working on these things together. And then like, And we're truly treating it like a job as opposed to, you know, either, you know, Bryce being over here, like being fragmented, you know what I'm saying? And I truly believe that if I'd been able to get that message through to them in season three, they probably would have. And this is like a huge vouch for them and and how good they both are at the game. But I think they would have won Globals. Like if we really could have gotten if I could have gotten them to work together as a team, I truly believe we would have won Globals.
0: So. Let me if I understand this right, essentially that drive, that hunger that you saw from them pretty much just enjoying playing the game and constantly playing it is like what allowed them to make that leap, because I'm I'm just looking at quick placements right now. Neither of them really broke into that top 10 until this year. It was kind of every once in a right. while it'd be a cash cup that they w- would they would do well or a weekly finals, but it, it wasn't those grand finals solid placements like this year. Let's, let's take a quick look through. 6, 11, 4 and then 6 in Globals. Like you tell me any team, like those are Canada like placements. And now yeah. going back to him, that's typically how how well he does and seeing this team that Previously, it been like 20, 17, 18, and playing with people that are notable players like a Jackson J or Twix or uh, Bryce, I believe, played with Crip back in the day. And there's a lot of different pieces that have come to get together, but I think their story, along with Cooper's, granted, their story is not as well known, and nor do I think it will be because they didn't win. That's how Fortnite works. It's so whatever. Um, right. But it still shows you that you can make that leap to that next greatness level, I guess. There's, you know, making Grands lobbies. Then there's consistently making Grands lobbies. There's competing in Grands lobbies. And then there's competing to win in Grands lobbies. And that's kind of how I view different sets of players. You can call them tiers, whatever you want. But this yep. team made that jump to me of a team that now competes. Clearly, you believe it. You said they had a chance to win Globals. Coming in six. The way Mira and Cooper played, I think, was uh, a little hard to catch. But sixth place, you, you tell me any team finishes in a top 10 in a Globals lobby, that—that that is a damn good team. Second um, best team in NA. And I think that next year, I, I put this out earlier, I think this is going to be a duo if they stick together that wins a, in FNCS. If, if we have duos and all that nonsense, if nothing changes, right, this is a team that's good enough to make that step. And I don't think... Any more that they doubt themselves, I don't know if they ever did, but I think their placements have proved to themselves we could do this regardless of who we're playing against. Sorry, I just yeah. went on a, a big rant. About- no, I,
1: I agree with everything that you're saying. I think the only thing that I would say to that is, I think when the motivation comes from a desire to prove yourself, I don't think the nerves ever go away. Because like that's something that I have, like I struggled with nerves when I was a player, like big time. And that was something that until I learned how to use that as like fuel and kind of stop giving a shit about like what the numbers say and stop giving a shit about other people's judgments of me, that was when the nerves went away. It wasn't until I was able to make that connection, though, like in my brain and let go of certain things that I was able to like fully let go of those nerves. And then uh, to add on top of that, I think that. If I could say, like, if they end up watching this, which I hope they do, like, if I could say one thing to them, because I don't really talk to either of them anymore, obviously, um, stick together, keep working, and come together as a team. And I think you guys win it all. Like, I, like, I, you know, I've, I've, they know what my process is. Uh, I've taken them through that, and I think you know the biggest thing. Another thing I want to add on top of everything that you just said was the first season, because you could see, like, you know, they started working with a coach. And I'm not gonna say that it was me to like stroke my own ego, but because when they came into that season, they were hungry, like they wanted to learn and they want they allowed me to teach them, right? And I think that was one big thing that I missed as a coach was like if the players aren't willing to be open and receptive to the knowledge that you're giving them. It doesn't matter how hard you work, it doesn't matter like n- nothing else matters because mm-hmm. they're not gonna hear you anyways. They're just gonna continue to do their own thing until they're ready to receive it. So I think that's I think that's the other than how hard they were working, I think that was the big thing too, was being open to being receptive to somebody else coming in and saying, Hey, this is what I'm seeing from you guys this is what I think your issues are. This is what we need to improve on. Like, let's go do that.
0: Yeah. I think that idea within a player of like, I want to get better, any costs and anything that is going to be in my way, let's remove it. And just reaching out to want to work with a coach is like a huge step in general, because you could think, you know, everything, but ultimately it is hugely valuable to have another set of eyes, especially someone that I don't want to say doesn't have a stake in the game, but is not like a one-to-one you arguing with your duo because normally no one is ever going to win those arguments. It's a one versus one and both of them may be wrong in a situation. Whereas like a coach could be like, no, neither of you said what we should have actually done. We need to do X and Y and make, make ourselves better before that. So I've seen that from a lot of players. And I think that is one of the things that helps players make that next step. One is working with a coach, but two internally within that player saying, okay, I actually need somebody else's help. I want somebody else's help and accepting that. Um, When I was working with elite esports, that was one of the big things that turned me off of players is like I was offering, Hey, part of being with the organization is we're going to give you free coaching. And there was a couple of players I spoke to at the time. I'm not going to name them, but they said, no, I don't need a coach. And I didn't even tell them who it was, right? It, it wasn't, I could have got the best coach in the world to them, but it didn't matter. Um, so having them not even accept the idea of, hey, this person who may not be as good at the game as you is going to also be able to help you and ex- like take that internally is huge. Um, I think the stigma against coaches is gone because a couple of those players that said that two years ago now work with coaches. So that changes everything. And I I love to see that evolution of the game where now players are accepting of help and understanding the value a coach brings.
1: Yeah, well, and I would like to say, I think, you know, people talk about how quickly Cooper like rose up through the ranks ever since I've known him. Cooper's been working with a coach. Yeah. I've known him for a long time. Like I've known him since he started playing with Nani back in chapter three. He he's worked with Captor. He worked with Captor up until, you know, he felt like it was time for a change. He couldn't learn anything else from him. And then, you know, he moved on to to Jacques Aladdin. And I mean, obviously, you see, you know, and even watching like some of Jacques Laden's streams, you know, he did a VOD review stream and he was saying, like, You know, we'd only gotten X amount of time to work together, um, you know, and they're still making mistakes here, here and here. And it's like, you know, that kind of reinforced to me that a lot of the stuff I was doing with players is like I was on the right track because I even saw for myself, like, hey, like the work never stops, you know, because you're always like you never play perfect Fortnite ever. You're always making mistakes.
0: And I think the hard thing for some players is they don't see the execution or the results right away and a lot of times you'll work with a coach for a season they're helping you create a better more regular style of fortnite that can have repeated success but there's bumps along the road right like there's going to be problems and some players just don't want to wait that
1: yeah and your placements take a little bit of a like i had a a duo that was like a fringe duo they're like 70 70s 80s i started working with them and i had them start playing like a more regular style and their placement took a dip like first tournament like they got like less points they had gotten in their last tournament because of the way especially the way that cash cups work like you can waste your first three games and you pop off and drop like a 20 or 30 kill win and then boom like you're all the way up the leaderboard now y'all all all you have to do is play consistent but it's like if you're waiting until that fourth game to have like a pop-off game and then trying to play consistent throughout the tournament, you're always going to be a fringe qualifier, Mm -hmm. right? Versus having that in your first game and then having nine games to continually, like, fuck shit up, right? Like like and then like when you have that big first game that's when you get to start doing the qualifying 30 minutes early qualifying you know an hour early whatever obviously I just, most people don't qualify an hour early because that is extremely difficult to do with the current cash code format but yeah. you get the point right like and they like quit after like two weeks and i was like what the fuck guys like <laughs> Like, we're doing the work. And I even had the argument with them of, like, this is working. Like, you guys are doing, you're playing more consistent, you're playing better. Like, and because there was a lot of times I'd hop and call with them and they being creative and they're just like trolling. They're not thinking about how they can actually like improve and get better. And I'm sitting there like yelling at them, being like, dude, like, stop 50 50ing each other and actually try to win. Like, please, for the love of God, like, you guys are driving me crazy right now. And, um, but yeah, no, I think it's I think it's difficult, especially with a lot of them being young. I think they hold a lot of like judgment for themselves like if those placements like do dip, like it kind of they take it personally. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and that's like I get it because I did the same thing. But it's also like long term like that's going to burn you out, which is something that <laughs> I've talked a lot about. Um so yeah, and it, like I feel for the kids too. Like it sucks. Like it's not fun to to like go backwards right and it always feels like ah oh, man like i'm doing something wrong but then you can sit down and analyze it and say okay like we actually performed better in this tournament even though we did got less points you know um but it's just getting them to that point where they can see past like the numbers and the placement to where again and you know part of that is like there's only so much i can do like they have to be open and willing to receive that information
0: and one part of that, though, is, like, you can't blame the, pe- the kids or the whoever's coaching or working with a coach because if you're paying someone and then you perform worse, then it's, in your head, it's very hard to make that not connect because right. you made this decision to work with a coach and then I performed better. So, therefore, coach equals worse. But I also have seen players go from coach to coach And different coaches have different strategies, different theories about how Fortnite works. And you're constantly trying to like catch up to the next person. That's already better than you by learning something from scratch over and over again. And one thing that a lot of people that I don't know, there's not many people that understand there's different theories of how to play Fortnite. And some people just see it kind of as like either play high ground or low ground. And that's as far as this goes, but there's a whole you, for example, coach differently than Chaco Laden coaches differently than Bloodaxe, Bloodaxe coaches differently than Captor, and they're all going to teach and, let's call it script, a game plan differently, one, based on the players they have, and two, based on how they theorize the game. So it's not beneficial to work, or to jump from coach to coach, unless... I don't know, somehow you're doing it magically, um, which I always feel for coach. I, like the whole point of me saying is I feel bad for coaches because if you don't have initial results to show for, you're going to get tossed to the wayside and like there's nothing you could do for it. And ultimately, you could have made that team better long term, but they will never even ex- understand never that you've helped
1: them, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's like that. that's where the that's kind of where the pressure comes in with being a coach is like, damn, like, you know, how do I balance this? Like, do I just tell them small things that will like, maybe they get better, maybe they don't? Or do I scrap everything that which is what I did with that duo? So I was like, all right, fuck what you guys are doing. Like, it's not working, clearly. And I can show you why it's not working. Um, And I think to I think to some extent, like when you're when you're telling the truth and when you're being like, when you're trying to be straightforward and honest, like, I think people know, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, and so, like, I think, I think with that particular duo, like, I think they knew that like it would work long term, but I think it was a situation where it was like, okay, we're paying, like you said, like, we're paying this much money, like, we want results now. And I'm kind of like, guys, I would love to give you results right now, but this is a long term process, you know? Um, and so, like, I just obviously had to let that let that relationship go. And I hope that those guys figure it out on their own. Um, Also no like resentment, no anger. Like I said, what I had to say to them and you know, they're going out and doing their own thing now. It's just whatever. Um, But yeah, I mean that like, that was a big thing is just like, there's that pressure of, okay, like, do I, like, do I help these guys succeed initially? or do I just start from scratch right away, you know? And it's, you, I don't think you can ever get that right a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, definitely. And
0: so from what I've heard, coaching sucks. (laughs)
1: Like simply put, it just sounds like it sucks, man. Um, it's dude. I mean, you're dealing at the end of the day, like we all know this, right? Like we're dealing with teenagers and I think whenever you're dealing with teenagers it takes a very um takes a very resilient person and it takes a very uh passionate person to kind of like stick it out because it is difficult it is very difficult um but I think at the end of the day like those the accomplishments like that you can help these guys achieve like, is a feeling like nothing else. Like, I think it probably only comes second to actually achieving. Honestly, like, I almost feel like it probably must feel similar to what those guys feel in the moment when they're achieving it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, we're, like I said, we're a team. So, like, it's not just, like, the players accomplishing it. It's like, we're doing this together. Like, and you've seen, like, I think that, that was another thing, like, especially when I first started off when I was working with Cyrus and Soneto, And I helped them qualify to grand finals. Like you saw, like everyone was like freaking out about my reaction because my reaction was just as passionate and energetic as, as the players, right? Like I was just excited as excited as them for them to have accomplished what they've accomplished. So, you know, I, that those are definitely the moments that like make it worth it. Right. Like those are the moments where it's like, okay, like this is why I do what I do. And then also like just hanging out with the guys from time to time. And like it's just like any other relationship right like you got to you got to have courage you got to say what you think you have to um you know on my end as a coach like I have to be a bit of an asshole sometimes actually a lot of the time you know <laughs> cuz like I said i mean these guys are which i was built for right like i don't think that's like i think everyone knows that from like like me on social media is like me how i was like a lot of the times like uh, behind the scenes, like, talking to the guys, right? Especially when, like, we would have arguments. Um, and it's, you know, it's not because I have anything against them. It's because I'm trying to help them. You know, I'm trying to help them succeed. So, yeah, no, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, and it's that. that's just – but that's the nature of it. That's the reality of it. And that's what you deal with, you know? But I think that's why – You know that's why i'm getting away from it because i didn't feel like a big portion of it i think a lot of any job a lot of times like we want to say like do what you love do what you're passionate about but like if you're not getting if you can't live your life like if you're not getting compensated for the work that you do or like compensated fairly it it's going to burn you out there's like no questions asked like if you know and i think that's why so many teenagers are i think that's why teenagers are so prominent in gaming because it's like okay like how do you balance like, having a kid, having a relationship, working, you know, a normal job, working 20, you know, working 40, 50 hours a week. And then also trying to put another 40 or 50 hours a week into the game. You can't. It's You can't. Like, it's literally impossible. Like, you're going to burn yourself out. Um, and I think that's why gaming is dominated by teenagers. And I think, like, I mean, I've pretty much set up my life to be able to do that. So, hopefully hopefully within the next year or so, I'll be able to get up to that echelon with these guys. We'll see what happens in my life because I have a shoulder injury right now, so I don't know how that's going to go. Um, I haven't been able to play the game as much as I would like to. But um, no, man, like it. you sign up for what you sign up for. Um, and I think the whole point of this was just to say, like, you know, I think that's a big part of the reason why I'm like stepping away from it as much is because, you know, and stepping more into content is because... I didn't feel like I was making the money that I wanted to make or what I felt like was fair to me to be able to, you know, live my life and that's just, that's it. So yeah,
0: from the people I've spoken to, like it's a very difficult thing and it takes the right person in order to continually pursue it. Um, and honestly, you're now like the fourth or fifth coach I've spoken to that coaches at a high level. And it seems like all of them understand that there's a time limit on this thing, Uh, which it is what it is, but ultimately, and then like the other thing you mentioned is I, I agree with you. I think it's more circumstance rather than like, you can't. So everyone always says, once you turn like 20, you can't, compete at a high level anymore and honestly i think it's more just circumstance that you laid out versus like players fall off when they turn 20 it's no you just have more responsibility you lose interest you understand there's cooler things in life like you find out what women are you go hang out with your friends and there's, well, there's see, a lot-
1: and I, I got to experience a lot of that when i was in high school yeah. and then you know fortnite came along and i started to see the competitive aspect and i i was actually and this is something that a lot of people don't know about me. I have talked about this a little bit, but I haven't really talked about it too much publicly. Um when I was 9, so when I was the same age as a lot of these guys who were competing, I was actually running a restaurant. Hmm. Like I was like I was you know I was the general manager. I didn't have the the official title because a lot of times these companies would bring on young guys with a lot of energy and then you know they they stick them with like an assistant title but then give them the responsibility you know, and so that was what was happening to me. I was running a restaurant, I did that for like two years, right? And like in that time period, I got to experience life. You know what I'm saying? I got to go out and party. I got to go out and and you know, I had I talked to a bunch of different girls. I had a girlfriend. I've had multiple girlfriends like throughout my life. Um and then Fortnite came out and i was just like and i've always been a gamer you know since i was i started playing halo when i was like five or three i was pretty young i started playing computer games actually with my dad when i was like two or three years old um i started on recoil if you remember what that was i have i feel like um man you gotta look it up it was really cool it was like a third person shooter tank game um and it was it had a really dynamic storyline it was really dope but um yeah so I, was, I got to i got to live that part of my life and now i'm kind of like Honestly, like I still love gaming and I've seen what it feels like to have to work a job where I'm doing 50, 60, 70 hours a week. So naturally gaming just feels like the path that I want to take and the path that I want to go down, you know, and it's Mm. obviously got its pitfalls, but there's plenty of people that are my age that still are part of the community. They may not be as like public, obviously. Um, but you know, there's, like, a lot of streamers are, like, my age or older, you know? I mean, you look at, like, the Dr. Disrespect, Swearing, Ninja. Like, there's still plenty of people that are older that that play, enjoy playing video games. And it's, like, if you want to be able to do this daily and you want to get good at it and you're competitive, like, you have to do certain things. You either have to stream or create content or, you know, do these other things. And, um, but, yeah, I mean... It is something that, so I think I got to experience a lot of that in reverse, right? I was like, okay, um, you know, I worked full time from the time I was like 17, you know, I was 40 at basically 40 hours a week from the, cause I love money, you know, I love the feeling of freedom, mm-hmm. you know, money. It wasn't about greed for me. It was about freedom. It was about like how I only need to make enough money so that I can be free. Like everything so you else can do is whatever like, you want. Yeah. Everything else is kind of just like, whatever. Um. So that's kind of what I'm, you know, and I've built this up multiple times throughout my life. And so like, that's, I'm building that up. You know, I got to that point when I was coaching and I was like, I was like, I don't have the freedom. Now, I know I said earlier in the podcast that I wasn't getting like, I definitely wasn't making as much money for the time that I was putting in. But it was also like, I don't, even if I was, I don't think I would have traded away the, the freedom because there was a point where I was like, damn, like, I do have a good amount of money, like money that I'm comfortable with in my bank account, but I also am working a lot more than I'm comfortable with. Um, And yeah. so... It's not a 40-hour job. It's like an 80-hour-a-week no, job. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it is.
0: But to to wrap up real quickly, so you're making this shift... and. You've explained why, but what are your goals now moving forward as like, I see you're building out a discord, you're creating content. What do you hope you said by the end of next year, you kind of want to see yourself being successful in this. What is that for you? And, you know, give yourself a shout as to where people can find the content.
1: So number one, I want to be competing at a high level. We'll see what happens with my shoulder because I still have to go back to Georgia and because it is it's. I'm worried about it. It's pretty intense, um, so I want to go see an orthopedic. I want to get a proper diagnosis, and I want to make sure that I'm doing the work to to heal my shoulder. Um, and I, I hope to God that it's not something too serious. Um, it is an injury that I think relates to overuse, um, which can happen at times. You know, if you have if if you're sitting at your desk for ten to twelve hours a day, it's not entirely uncommon. And then I think you know I went a little too hard when I started getting back into it with the training and stuff like that. Um, but I would like to see myself competing at a high level. Um, I don't know if that means making a grand finals or making cash cup finals or anything like that. I haven't kind of fleshed that out yet. Um, but I feel confident that I understand the process well enough at this point, and I have my real, the, I understand the way that the community works, and I understand how to maintain relationships so much better now that I feel that you know I can get a teammate that compliments me, I'll be able to maintain that relationship for a long period of time, and I'll be able to grow with someone. Um, so that's that's like obviously number one. Number two, I want to help reach as many I want to reach and help as many people as I possibly can um so that's putting out free content through youtube obviously i I need to make money so like i have do have like a paid subscription service that i offer through my discord that's a little bit more not necessarily one-on-one but it gives people direct access to me where they can ask me any question that they want um they can chat with me anytime they need to i also host like weekly vod review sessions uh as like as a group i do kind of like some some loose stuff. You know, I give people the the keys to success that they're going to need, and I kind of turn them out loose to go do it on their own, right? Um, so that can actually be found. Like, I have a link to that Discord. I've been tweeting it out like crazy recently with every time I post a clip or something like that, or I talk about work that I'm doing within the Discord, or I post a YouTube video. Um, I obviously...
0: That's coach T church on X or Twitter, whatever you guys want to call it. If you're looking for him.
1: And then I'm just T church on YouTube. You know, I've been posting a good amount on YouTube recently. I do have plans over the next couple of weeks to do, you know, solo cash cup VOD reviews to do zero build victory cup VOD reviews to talk about, you know, the core fundamentals of teamwork, because that was something that's something that I'm extremely passionate about. You know, there's people that have worked with me will know. um, I have this analogy that I use basically, talking about gorillas because the way that the hierarchy of gorillas works is that you can be an alpha male um and you can you can rule the tribe by like dominance but what ends up happening is that two other males that are dominant within that pack will team up and they'll actually tear the alpha basically to shreds and like end his reign is at the top of the hierarchy and so the analogy there is that it doesn't matter how good you are as an individual player, you're always going to get beat by a team that works together. Right? Oh, and yeah. so that's so that's that's something that I'm really big on. Um and any 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 team that has worked with me has heard me say that. <laughs> that's something though that i am i am really big on so that's going to be a probably a theme of like a series right of like you you know how how to work together as a team and then also like managing relationships like between a duo how to have these arguments in a constructive manner how to speak your mind so that you know you're not because i think a lot of times what happens is like someone in the duo gets mad at the other person and then they don't want to say anything because in their experience in their life people have not respected their anger right they've either abandoned them for it you know because a lot of i'm very big into psychology so i'm going to go off on a little psychological tangent i know you want to wrap this up but i have i just feel like i could talk all day not
0: right now not right now
1: i know i know um Um,
0: but but yeah. yeah
1: so that's that's what you're that's, doing. That's working what I, with? Yeah. That's what I have coming then. That's what I have coming. Yeah. If
0: I had more time, I'd be, be willing to chat, but I, I do have something coming up here uh, at the half hour. Totally. So I have to cut yeah. you off. I do appreciate you coming, man. I, I yeah. enjoyed this conversation. Always love chat with coaches respect what you guys do. I hope the success of your content creation, working and focusing on providing value to people on a group slash individual level is successful for you. And, you know, you, all the best to you. I, I appreciate what you've done and can respect the the outputs that I've seen from teams you worked with.
1: I appreciate it, man. Thank you
0: um thank you guys for listening at home i appreciate you as well If you guys did stick around this long thank you very much please leave us a rating on whatever podcast platform you listen on it helps a ton and if you have any problems questions concerns you can dm me on x it's at somebody's gun thank you guys i will see you next time and uh peace peace
1: guys